Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And today, we're going to do something different. Uh, I'm not going to worry about going through all the business, because we have some very special guests with us tonight. We have the archivists of the Appalachian Esoteric, the keepers of mountain mysteries and hill folk history. We are merging the hollow cult with the hill folk today. We are here with our friends, Ryan, Justin, and maybe Lance from AI, the Appalachian Appalachian Intelligence Podcast. Fellas, how are you doing? Doing great, Steve. Man, we are great. That that was a that was an awesome intro. Yeah. Usually, usually I'm the intro master here, but uh that that topped anything that I've done. So, I practiced it a lot today. Well, awesome. that was just that awesome. Was it shows. And, uh, it shows. Appalachian was perfectly <clears throat> acceptable. I know. No. I was I was trying to figure it out because like here a- Appalachian was how we were taught. But I hear I listen to you guys and I'm like Appalachian. I got to get that right, and I still fucked it up. But well, it's, it's even it's it it's a topic, you know what I meant. It's a topic of debate even with us. Yeah. I say Appalachian. Ryan says Appalachian. But you know it's a it's just whatever you prefer. I guess it means the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> big ass hills. Yeah, hill yeah. folk. That's all it big, is. Hollow deep. cult in the hill folk. I guess big, I'll just grow myself a mustache. <laughs> really we gotta like go it. there right off like the bat. <laughs> gotta go there so uh tell everybody tell the holocult here they they may have tuned into your show because you guys had us on last month mm-hmm. yeah yep not too long ago had good fun conversation but let everybody know where they can find your show right off the rip uh, you can check out AI Appalachian Intelligence anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We can follow us on our YouTube or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and check us out on there uh, at Appalachian Intelligence. Um, you can just, you know follow us on all of our social media. You can go anywhere and type in Appalachian Intelligence and our ugly mugs and everything we got to say about ourselves will pop up right on there. Hell yeah. So definitely do that, Hollow Cult. Go check them out. Leave them some some of them fine, fine five-star ratings you guys leave us. Help help push them up. Lift them up. Yeah. And I want to say... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, buddy. No, I do want to say, just for the Hollow Cult out there, we really appreciate you guys, too, because your hosts here, of the uh, your your cult leaders here, Steve, Steve and Kyle, they really, really helped us out. They'd done us a couple solids throughout the month of August. Um, you know, they they were gracious enough to come on to our show and, and have a conversation there, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, they name dropped us a couple times on an episode or two that, that they did on their show. And also they dropped our names on an episode of the confessionals when they were sitting down talking with the Tony Merkel. So you know, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate y'all giving them the audience to uh, to be able to help us out. So we appreciate everybody all the way around. Likewise, I mean, we also appreciate everyone jumping over and and hanging out with you guys. I mean, that's that's what this community is supposed to be about. And 
that's what everybody that we kind of fuck with is trying to build. I mean, we all want to be, you know, figuring shit out together, communicating, having a good time. You know, for me and Steve, it, it uh, regardless, it pretty much is a good time. Other than whenever <clears throat> we have weird conspiracy shit calling our phones and <laughs> trying to kick the door in and shutting off things and hacking into computers and yeah, even that, all that turns stuff. into a good time after a while. You guys, so. you guys yeah, so after lucky, a little while, man. it kind of. <clears throat> oh, dude! Wait till you start having downloads from aliens. That'll be cool. What? what? <laughs> no, I don't know if that's actually happening to me or not. But I hope <laughs> just, for everybody. Hail Mary! That one. No, just, don't just like it. throw that in my well, face. Well, I figured. Like, yeah, it's whatever. I figure if it, if anything, the more I talk about it, the more it'll maybe repeat itself. Because that's what I'm scientifically trying to repeat it right now so you guys um, remember, you to, guys remember when i told you in the last episode the power of life and death at the tip of the tongue and speak things. Well, I, yeah. I told <laughs> I, it happened to me and then i told steve about it and then i mentioned to something to um the discord about wanting to talk to ed who was the guy from the spirit convention and so me and him chatted a little bit <clears throat> and i explained everything that was going on he he called it a download. I don't know that I would because it was just an image. But he's like, Google or look up this specific race of extraterrestrial. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I did. And I'm like, that's exactly what I saw in my head <clears throat> to a T. Snap. And he, he's like, yeah, so I figured. And he's like, who created your logo? I was like. I did and he's like yeah i figured that as much as well he's like you might you might have some link to this specific race of extraterrestrial and i'm like i mean i'm, I'm like there's that part of you that wants to play into it and be like hell yeah and then there's another part there you're like no we have to approach this scientifically it's called you know the scully wants to come out and go no 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 like we've got, we've got to really dive into this science but i figured yeah i figure the more I talk about it, the more I acknowledge it. And then if I, cause I plan on diving deep into the specific race of extraterrestrial to see if it doesn't spark anything, if anything were anything further were to happen, or if maybe, maybe if, um, maybe it was just a thought that I had, you know, because like I was telling Steve, I was like, I was laying in bed obsessing over something. I couldn't get it out of my head. And I, I'm pretty sure it had to do with woodworking, just the way my mind gets, I get focused on something. And I can't let it go. And uh, all of a sudden, this image just filled my head, just took over. And I'm like, why in the absolute fuck am I thinking about this right now? Because I hadn't done any research. I, you know, it was probably an off weekend for recording. So the podcast wasn't even on my mind at the time. You know, I was focused on other shit and it just consumed my, my brain that night. <clears throat> Didn't scare me. I was just kind of like, man, that was fucking weird. Then I got together with Steve and I told Steve about it. And he's like, bro, that fucking gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what happened. What'd you say, Steve? Steve? That is, that's crazy. I said it was weird when you were telling me about it. It was weird. And then like Ed pretty much pegged it, man. I told him the same description I told you. And he's like, check these guys out. And I did. And I'm like, fuck me. That's exactly what I saw. How do we know if they're good? Ed says they're good. Mm. So I trust, I trust Ed. Man, I mean, I Ed's trust them too, but I don't trust the aliens. But I'm not saying I'm going to trust them, but if they're the willing to hook a brother alien? up, 
Or is that Alan? No, no. No, no, no. That's a that's a different <clears throat> different Ed Ed and Rez Alien are not the same okay. person. No. No. But Ed, somebody you know we've met and I trust I trust Ed. I mean Ed's a good dude. Ed's he smart would never too. Ed is Ed is extremely smart. And I don't think that dude would ever steer us wrong. Ever. No, 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 no. So I, I mean I take his word pretty serious, you know. I don't and he's got some stories of his own. I mean, wow. Some yeah. of the stuff he told us is is bizarre, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what I was going to say earlier, though, the real quick uh, about our reviews, I was going to mention something about the Bigfoot bong ripper. Did you see the guy in the Discord was talking about getting a tattoo of that? Oh yeah, he messaged me a while ago, and he and I'm like, dude, if you get it, we'll 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 promote it. We'll put it on the show. 100%. So now he's out looking for people to draw him a bong ripping Bigfoot to get it tattooed. Gonna be which awesome. Is, which is that solid. is awesome. That is I awesome. Might, I might just get a tattooed too. I hope. So. I hope the the puff of smoke that's coming out of Bigfoot is just the Illuminati logo. Oh, just I, in, in smoke. I had. I know we're we are way off track here, but I had an idea. I thought about Good. putting on a Patreon. Putting on Patreon, like putting a superb top tier Patreon, like five thousand dollar one time donation. And I'll get whoever the Patreon person is, his name tattooed on me. Like in I mean, like have I a UFO fuck with that idea. Have a UFO and it's like abducting <laughs> Stay, people. Please. And the five thousand dollar tiers get their name on the people being <clears throat> abducted. Please do that. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Then, I think I think it's a moneymaker. Then Hollow I'm, not, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Idea. A GoFundMe so that I win. <laughs> hundred thousand dollar tier i'll get an appalachian intelligence tramp stamp <laughs> kyle we're gonna yes. we're gonna make it what, bud what we're gonna make it i mean <laughs> all i would need is half of that to get my car done that's that's my end game i just want to get my car done 100k appalachian intelligence tramp stamp i'll even it'll be it'll be the sticker you guys have made yeah, that's that'd be great. I gotta talk to the hill folk about this. We gotta <laughs> we gotta get this hundred k in. Oh man, I'm gonna end up with a fucking tramp stamp on it. <laughs> that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, that would be wow. awesome. And and then we would be able to to cruise the conventions in a 1970 Chevelle. Yeah, that would be sick. Yeah. So it's kind of a win. And I get to show off my tramp stamp yeah. at all the conventions. Yeah, yeah. Dude, speaking of a 1970 Chevelle, my Greatest son car ever. It really is. I love I love the old Chevelles. Well, my of son, you do. he has a uh, he has a 1978 Ford pickup. It's sharp, dude. Like it's a sharp little truck, two wheel drive, and he just got his license like two weeks ago. But dude, <laughs> like I would have killed killed to have this truck when I was his age. You know, driving oh, yeah. back and forth to school. But and he does he loves it, but. The appreciation there of just the old it's not there. Like, it's just it's not, there. It's not yeah yeah. Bro, I mean I've he heard does. That. I've like, heard he that does from countless like people. Yeah. I've heard it from countless people. I know a dude that bought his kid a '71 Chevelle for his first vehicle. Oh, and then the kid was like, the kid drove it for a minute, and he was like, "Dad, I don't want this car. I want I want one of them." Uh, well, I don't remember what car it was, but we'll just say a Camaro, the brand new Camaro. He's like, oh, "I want that car." I don't want this car. Gosh. And I'm like, that's not cool. You're not a cool kid. 
You're just not. You're just not. Sorry, kid. You're just not cool. Yeah. Just not, man. Like, Go get the adoption papers because yeah. we're, we're having a breakdown of you communication. Can, I never oh, you can still you. leave. You can still leave kids on the doorsteps of churches in the state of Nebraska up to the age of 17. Oh, shit. Where are we going, Dad? Nebraska. Why are we going don't there? Don't worry about it. I don't know. My son. That's like my, my oldest boy turned 16 at the end of this month, oh. and he just blew his knee out playing football. So he's in a full, oh. leg, full leg cast, and he can't drive. So he is one super bummed. Almost 16 year old. Yeah, first first game had solid game, just making boss moves. Next practice, blue tore out his uh meniscus and his MCL. Oh my god, destroyed it. He had surgery last week, but he's recovering well. High spirits, bummed he missed out on his sophomore year, but gotta heal it up and he'll get back in it. Bringing it back around so. Back to you guys. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys got into the paranormal, if it's always been something you've been into, and what brought about you guys starting your starting a show. Uh, actually, when we first started the podcast, uh, me and Ryan, we worked together, and we were having these just like really intense conversations at work. You know, we would dive into these certain topics and and sometimes debate back and forth with each other or just bring about some of these things. And we started noticing that the other guys at work, you know, they, they were jumping into the conversation and adding their opinions on this and that. And uh, for them, just sitting back and listening to us on break or, you know, while we were doing some of these smaller little things, they were just getting a kick out of it. I mean, we were, we were extremely entertaining to them. So we talked about it probably for a few months before. I mean, we didn't make any moves toward actually starting a podcast other than us talking to each other and saying, man, we should really start a podcast, you know, because that's, that's the entertainment that we both enjoy. You know, we spend eight, nine hours a day consuming podcasts of all different types. Um, so we started doing this and the conversations that we were having, you know, they, they didn't always center around the paranormal or, you know, all these, they were just, you know, sometimes physics, science, space, you know, just religion, whatever. So we first started in our first episode, we sat down to do, I was like, well, we're AI Appalachian intelligence. Maybe we should do a a first one and call it AI artificial intelligence and just talk a little bit about artificial intelligence. That was was a terrible mistake. We have no idea about our. It was stupid. If any of you guys do check out our show, just skip number one. It's it's fucking terrible. Skip like the first year of ours because we took us a minute to find our footing. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, we're still we're still trying to find our footing. (laughs) You know, we don't like we love talking about the paranormal, but we don't really pigeonhole ourselves there. You know what I mean? Like we talk conspiracy, we talk society. Uh, The majority of what we talk now is the paranormal and cryptids and UFOs and uh, you know, just weird Appalachia is, is what we love more than anything because you know, where we live, it's some of the, it's some of the oldest mountains in the world. The history here. It's just unreal. It's unbelievable. We go in everywhere, you know, all the way from the natives and some of the things that they did, the natives, how 
they wouldn't settle in this area of central Appalachia. They would use it as hunting grounds or uh, to farm in certain seasons, but they wouldn't settle here. They called it dark and bloody ground. So when you had white man coming in, when you had the first white settlers coming into Appalachia, it was almost like it's an area and a region that was never supposed to be tamed. You know, it was like they came in, they dug out their place in the mountain, and our ancestors, you know, they just refused to move. Like, we're here. We'll take on whatever's coming our way. We don't care. And, you know, it brought about that that Appalachian toughness that you see. But with that, there's a lot of weird in Appalachia, man. There really is. Everybody has a story. Everybody's mama or papa has some kind of big crazy tale that they can tell about all these different things. And when we first got started or when we first took that route into the paranormal, we started talking about it and realized we have a lot more fun with this than we do anything else that we talk about. So yeah. why don't we settle here? At least the majority of the time. I, right, Ryan? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't believe in ghosts and stuff like that. I, like, I mean, hopefully, you know, I could be proved wrong, but if not, whatever. I'll just say, I told you, Justin. Goddamn. <laughs> but, you know, and like keep going back to what you were saying, Justin, and just because we're still here, we're resilient in these mountains, the, we've never tamed these mountains. No, yeah, they no, still, sure. I mean, there's floods that wash freaking towns away, and you know, we yeah. we will never tame these mountains. It's probably never meant to be here because damn, they're not. Well, you look at the resources that come out of here, you look at the coal mining, you look at the railroad, you look at all these things, and still, you have all of these. It, they're rare now, but you still have disasters that go along with that, and you have disasters because you're in these mountains that. I feel like can't be tamed. I mean, and I know that sounds like a weird way to put it. And, and oh shoot, I'll throw another podcast out there. Um, there's a great horror anthology podcast that I love called old gods of Appalachia. The people that do the show are actually from a town about an hour from us. And uh, just the premise of that show, you know, going back to these, these entities and these, these dark, um, you know, these dark entities that, that were here before any person decided to step foot, you know, all this different stuff. Like it's they're I don't, I don't feel like they're far off. I don't feel like it's far off from the truth. You know, we know, I mean, we've done an entire episode about granny witching and Appalachian folk magic. Like we know Appalachian folk magic are still in our families today. Like I've watched, I've watched my mom all do all kinds of, of crazy like herb healing and and uh like all these different superstitious things that you grow up with and you don't think anything about it like you, you that's just normal you know you mix a little jesus with a little bit of witchery and <laughs> you have the majority <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no joke like little 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 herb magic here a little uh book of psalms here <laughs> and I and that's it. how it works. Yeah, I fuck with it. I yeah. fuck with it. And that's it's, that's it's, where hope and a prayer came from. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm constantly digging into like Illinois history and shit to see see if we've there got ain't our no own. fucking history here. Yeah. Pie saw birds. The giant turds we got. <laughs> that's that's fact. 
I don't know. There's probably there's probably giants in your guys' area. It's it's trying to build some a lot of mounds. Yeah, yeah. Cahokia Mounds massive just up the road. Well, I hope there is giants. Let's go find them. I hope they're still walking around. They're probably buried. There's probably some buried in those mounds. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be digging those up anytime soon. No, but I'm... there has whole, to be law, federal laws and stuff that yeah, it's just getting away. <laughs> oh wait, Illinois doesn't have any law. You know? I saw that news. <laughs> yeah, that's we, true. We say we read the news, guys. You can do whatever the fuck you want up there. Like that's, I forgot. Holy shit, it's the Wild West. <laughs> Even what second degree homicide? Fuck. Yeah, sign me yeah, up. We still, we're just we, we're just lower Chicago down here. You we know? still have the internet down here in Appalachia. <laughs> hey, we still close, get to see what's going on in these big cities. How close? You gotta go you to the highest hill. Not too far. Yeah, like six hours. Well, not even uh, that. It's not even that. No, like, probably Paducah, two and a half, three hours out. Paducah, Kentucky, or yeah, it's not too far out. My buddy was. Uh, he's from Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, military buddy. We were out there, and that bridge right there in Paducah, you could cross it, and you'd go over into Illinois. I always, thought, I always thought it was really pretty over there. Like it was just farms. And... Paducah's it's, about three hours turd. away from us. Yeah, that's yeah, not. I mean, it's not that cool. Illinois is a turd. <laughs> it's humid. It's like negative ten in January and like one hundred and ten in August. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. And th- Ten thousand percent humidity. Mm. Um, yeah, ten thousand percent taxes on everything. I already told you guys we, yeah. we live in uh, the Earth's butt crack. I call yeah. us the, the armpit of America, the taint of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, just back to the show. Like we, we just we've kind of, and, and we're still, like I said, we're still trying to find our footing. We still are, are building, you know, what we want to be one day. But more than anything, like, you know, sometimes it's just us three boys sitting around chatting it up, just just chopping it up. But, you know, a lot of times we have guests on, um, and we've had a lot of different guests. You know, we go everywhere from doctors and researchers and authors to listeners of the show, people that have a good story. Um, we just want to – we want our show to be a platform for people to come on and be able to express what they want to express freely. You know, we're, I was just talking to Ryan today. I'm never going to debate a guest that we have on the show ever. I will never debate a guest like whatever you have to speak on, whatever is important to you. I wouldn't have invited you on if I didn't want to hear it. Even flat earthers. Even flat earthers. Uh, no, I cannot. Ryan, I cannot make that Ryan. Promise. No, I don't yeah, make that promise. Even, Hashtag fuck those guys. You want to know why Appalachia is a stereotypes that it gets. Like, it has some typical stereotypes that you hear all the time. Like, dumb hillbillies don't have any education, don't understand things, can't add two plus two. If you just listen to us for, like, three minutes – <laughs> you'll understand why Appalachia has a stereotype today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, That's why we had to name the show Appalachian this Intelligence. This is what I was telling them before we started recording. It's like, it's, uh, any people you see on TV that sound like us is talking about the tornado that went through the trailer park. Were those guys. Yeah. Meemaw's house is gone. Well, it was on wheels. <laughs> Go find, It probably rolled away. 
somebody yeah, probably just towed it away. <laughs> Looking for yeah. a catalytic converter or something, just towed it away. <laughs> that was Lance, uh, everybody. Converter boys, we gotta get our meth money somehow. We have to get <laughs> meth money somehow. We're gonna cut a <laughs> converter off your car. Don't leave it out there without some type of um, security system that we can see because yeah, he's gonna lose it. He's gonna, you're gonna lose it if if he, if, if we need it. Never- and by security <laughs> system, he means Doberman tied up to the door. Yeah. <laughs> Doberman like talking like Coon Dog, his orange tree, whatever coon we can get. That's a hunting dog. That's a hunting dog. <laughs> Good lord. Oh man. Well, that's Lance is with us, everybody. So hey, Lance. we got the whole trio here. I'm sorry, things have been crazy here at the house. The girls got home late. Listen, a little while. Yeah, listen, Lance. Out here as soon as I could. Ones. So I would, oh yeah, we if I wasn't late, then something was would be wrong. Yeah. I thought you I thought you said like it took me a second. I thought you said Lance has a tiny one. I was like, how did you True. know that? <laughs> That's my wife. Because we tried to play around. swords, but we both brought daggers. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This won't work. <laughs> miss, like, Ryan's already got gummies in him. He's already got a jar of moonshine down. Yeah. Let me tell you something He's right ready. now. It would be ready to right. <laughs> if Papa's shine hadn't already been drunk. Moonshine from the local five and nine shop they have on the road. They've made themselves. They didn't order them. They made them themselves. It wasn't anything they came up with. If you had already ingested those things, then on top of the world. I don't know. My boss had, uh, he had apple pie and strawberry, a case of each in his fridge at the shop. And we were up there working that day. So I took Justin and I was like, what's this? Like, hey, Dean. Let's get a jar of that moonshine, turn it up, and I'll race you to the bottom. He goes, yeah, let's do it. He goes, hey, get you two of them. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. We've got one of the greatest bosses in the world. I love that man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah we do. It, it sounds pretty solid. It is. We like everybody we work with. We all get along. We all work great together, and it's not that many of us, but man, it's awesome. It's good to work with a good crew that you can get along with. I get along with my crew quite a bit. Yeah, that means I just a wish lot. I didn't. I just wish I didn't have to do it every day. <laughs> yeah. If I, I would could just, I would much rather hang out with this crew every yeah, day. Yeah, if I could just yes. like yeah. podcast full time, that'd be yes, Steve. We are on the same way page, better, man. Way better. Way more good. Come on, Hollow Hollow Colt. We need you to spread the word. Come on, gosh dang. <laughs> oh my heck. So have have you fellas, any of you had any paranormal experiences that you'd like to share? Because that's kind of our shtick. So we probably should go through that. All right, Justin. We know we know Ryan doesn't believe in ghosts right, yeah. or flat earth. So and those two are both in knock off. Let them know about the shadow man. Uh yeah. Um that actually, I'll, I'll keep this as brief as possible because I know we've got other things we want to talk about. Um, but when my son was was born, he was a newborn. Um, my girlfriend then, wife now, 
And I, he was born when I was 17 years old. I was a junior in high school. And uh, I see you there, Ryan. I was a junior in high school. So, you know, it was pretty tough from the get-go, just getting started and everything. And we were, like, splitting time between, you know, staying at her parents' house and my parents' house. I had already decided, you know what, I'll drop out of school. I'll just work. You know, this is my responsibility now. I have a kid. You know, I'm, I'm going to step up. Well, her family and my family were gracious enough to help us out and say, you know, finish high school at least, you know, get – do what you need to do, finish, finish your high school years out, play ball, you know, do all this. Anyway, um, growing up, you know, living at my mom and dad's at my parents' house, you know, I always, I was always a little spooky, creepy kid. You know, I loved the creepy. I loved horror. I loved all these different things, but I would also like what we call a bush baiter. (laughs) And let me interject your fellas. Everything he's about to tell you, like Justin and I grew up together. Like I'm, I'm a no BS type of guy. If, if, if you're trying to BS me, I'm probably gonna call you on it. Don't I, come at us with your bullshit. I, exactly right. <laughs> I can actively, like even today, fifteen whatever it's been, shoot, almost twenty years later now. I can actively remember him coming to school, coming to practice. Like us having us at his house, coming up, just hanging out, whatever, after school, after practice, whatever, just chilling. Um, Him telling us this stuff and us actively telling him, you're crazy. This isn't real. There's no way. And then being in the room with him and seeing that beautiful, red-headed, pale-skinned face just change completely when some of the events he's about to tell you all like, there were times I was like, all right, we, we got to get out of here. Like, no BS. Like, he, what he's about to ex- explain to you all, he he experienced it. I was around, and in, in, I was one of his uh, grooms in his wedding. We Like, we're boys. We go back, and we would call each other on stuff. Like, you know, we're not going to just BS each other. If something's going on, like, you know, we, you know, I, if if we you know if I'm trying to BS him, he's gonna call me on it. I'm gonna call him on it. This this account that he's about to give you all, I will back. I will verify. I will back up. I will say absolutely one hundred percent. This is real. I love it. Love it. Yeah. So growing up, I would you know I would see things you know out of the corner of my eye. Uh, you know hear things. But it was nothing of any substance, you know. It was nothing that I could give, like, concrete definition of and say, well, this is what it is. I was just this scared little kid running into my mom and dad's room saying, hey, I I hear something outside my window or something's knocking on my window or I saw this pass by my room and it was always, you're watching too many scary movies, you know, put down the Goosebumps books, (laughs) go back to bed. So, you know, I just grew up thinking, okay, you know, I'm – I'm just a scared little kid having these night terrors, whatever. Well, this happened, you know, I I got older. Like I said, I was 17 years old. My son was born. And when he was a a few months old, he started reacting to the ether just in weird ways. Like, you know, one minute he would be 
sitting in his walker or, or his bouncer or something like that and staring off into space and just start dying laughing, chuckling like somebody was playing with him, nobody being around him. And then other times he would just start screaming, shaking, like couldn't calm him down. So, you know, that was, that was a little weird starting out. Well, even though we had a kid, you know, my parents were a little more traditional. So at night, Monica and Connor, you know, he would, he would sleep in his crib some nights, but he also had colic. So as soon as you would lay him down, sometimes he would start crying and screaming and going on. So he would sleep with Monica, my, my wife, in my bed, and I would sleep on a mattress in the floor. Like I said, even though we had a kid, they didn't want us, you know, we slept in the same room, but they didn't want us in the same bed, you know. Well, God, good Lord, what would that look like, you know? What would people say of this pe- this couple that has a kid sleeping in the same bed? Ain't no hanky panky going on in my house. <laughs> we showed them. We went to the treehouse. <laughs> anyway, it's, it all started out really small. Uh, everything started out really small. And what I'm getting ready to tell you, you know, I'm just going to give you some, you know, hit the high notes. But it happened over over the course of a few months. Uh, started out really small. The computer in the computer room beside of my bedroom, it would start turning on and off throughout the night. You know, yeah, I know computers go into sleep mode and all this, but they shouldn't turn on and off throughout the night. Uh, then the TV in my bedroom would cut on and off by itself, and it would start flipping through channels on its own. And not like, you know, cable channels or whatever, but like input channels, what we think of them now. Um, it would start flipping through. Well, then I started noticing that, you know, he was a newborn baby. So, of course, he would wake up and want to be fed throughout the night. So I would go to the kitchen and start making him a bottle while Monica would try to console him and, and wait on it. And we had laminate flooring throughout the house. And I would start hearing, I started hearing heels clicking on the laminate floor. Like I would get up and as soon as, as I would come out of the bedroom and start making the bottle, I would hear heels clicking, like coming from toward the front door of the house toward the bedroom. So the first couple times, you know, I just, I just let it go. Like I was standing there kind of in shock because, you know, nobody's there. Nobody's awake. Nobody's walking through the house. Like I'm literally looking at where this sound is coming from and there's nothing. So the first couple times I let it go. Well, I was laying down again one night and y'all know those big diaper genies. You put all the dirty diapers in, they're supposed to cut down on the smell, you know, all this different stuff. While I had one propping the the hallway door of my bedroom, I had one propping it open, this diaper genie. It was, you know, half full, pretty heavy. So I'm laying down one night, and Monica and Connor are asleep. I'm, I'm dozing off, drifting off to sleep, and I hear, like, scooting across the laminate floor. So I, you know, I open my eyes, and I look, and this diaper genie had moved, you know, a few inches away from the door. So I'm like, huh, you know, that's that's weird. I mean, it's going to take a pretty good draft to to move this big, heavy thing. So I just got up. I put it back in place and, just, you know, laid back down, started to drift back off. Well, I heard it again. This time I opened my eyes 
And not only do I just hear it, I keep hearing it because it's coming right at me, scooting across the floor. Like I'm, I'm literally watching this thing move across the floor toward me with nobody around it. So I jump up, I move the diaper genie over out of the way. And around this same time, my newborn, my, my, my baby starts screaming, like screaming, going crazy. Can't, can't console him. You know, none of these things. Well, around the same time I was making another bottle one night, heard the heels clicking again and decided, Nope, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm beating this thing to the room. So I make the bottle really quickly. I'm going back toward the room. I get to the door. As soon as I get to the door, the TV starts going crazy, changing channels again. And Connor starts screaming again, like, like going crazy. So you had a lot of these things, you know, I woke up one morning with a handprint across my chest. Um, it was larger than my, my hand. And at first I thought, well, I probably just slept on it. But Monica pointed out that there was also an arm print that went across my right shoulder. Well, it's physically impossible for me to get my arm across my right shoulder. So that was weird. But there's just a lot of stuff like that, you know, a lot of, of what we would call, you know, if I was looking at it today, I would say a lot of poltergeist activity um, going on within the house. But everything came to a head, just to make this a little briefer, everything came to a head. Uh, one night, my parents went out riding ATVs with some friends, and it was just me and Monica and Connor in the house. And, you know, we never got a long time. When you're living with, with parents, you don't ever get – any kind of alone time. So we put Connor to bed, laid him in his crib, and we decided we were going to sit down, watch a movie, have some mommy-daddy time, uh, just relax a little bit. So we put him in his crib, and we sat down on the couch in the living room. And the way that it was set up, I could look from this couch through the computer room into my bedroom, but his crib is over in the corner, so I can't see where he's sleeping. So we put the baby monitor up, beside of him in the in, in his crib and we put it up behind our heads while we're watching the movie um and we, we you know we start watching the movie we're, we're kicked back we're relaxing and all of a sudden i hear like like whispering like mumbling whispering over the baby monitor so i'm like whoa 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 wait so i mute the tv i'm, I'm listening you know it stops i get up i walk in i check on connor in the crib everything's cool so I'm like, okay, you know, there's there's strip jobs closer around here. Maybe it's a CB. There's some kind of frequency that's coming across the the baby monitor. You know, we can probably write this off. Well, I sit back down and it happens again. Well, this happens. This keeps happening like three or four different times. And every time, you know, I get up, I go check on him. Everything's cool. I sit back down. Happens again. Well, finally, I was just like you know what, next time it happens, I'm not muting the TV. I'm not, I'm, I'm acting like I'm not even paying attention to it. Something's like, I just had this feeling. I just had this feeling in my gut at this point, like something's not right. There's something going on. That's, that's not right at all. So it starts up again. A few minutes later, I leave the TV going, you know, Monica's just looking at me wide eyed. Take the baby monitor. I put it really close to my ear and I'm listening and I'm concentrating and I'm trying to see if I can understand anything that's being said. And then all of a sudden, like 
and, and I don't know if it was a specific word that was said or spoken, but all of a sudden across the baby monitor, I hear, and, and I'll try to, to recreate how it sounded to the best of my ability, but it just sounded like now. And my heart stopped. I mean, I've got, it doesn't matter how many times I tell this story. I'll get goosebumps every time. I jumped up off the couch. You know, I went into to primal instinct mode then, like something is legit wrong. I, I've got to get my kid and I've got to get out of here. This something's wrong. So I jump up, I bust into my bedroom. I, I bust through the door and I'm looking over toward the crib. And when I look, I dead stop because hovered over the crib and, and leaning over is this black mass. It's, it's featureless. It doesn't really have a, a specific form. I mean, it looked humanoid, but it was, it was nothing specific about it. But even though there was nothing specific about it, I can tell you somehow that it looked at me and it gave me this sneer, this smile. And dude, I don't, I, I can't tell you another thing that happened. I literally blanked out. And the next thing I remember, I was at the bottom of the holler in our vehicle with Connor in his car seat and Monica in the passenger seat heading out of there. I didn't go back. I didn't go back for weeks. I'd have been cry chopping the fuck out of that bitch. Well, I may have. I really can't tell you what I did. I know that I got Connor, and I know that I didn't care what was there or standing in the way, but I just I, – I seen that, and the most instinctive, primal fear and, and feelings came over me. Like, look, this thing is between me and my kid. Whatever it's doing, I can feel the intent behind it, and it's not good. Right. You sent that old Did Benny Hen Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to notice how much time had passed from the the time where you like blank blanked out to the time you were at the bottom of the holler? No, I can't I can't tell you how much time passed. Um, but you know, I wasn't really keeping yeah. track of the time there either. So like especially with all that shit going on. Yeah. Did that, did all that activity start up just after your son was born? Just after. Just after. It is important and I can tell he is a magnet. An absolute lightning rod for paranormal duty now. Connor, his son. Yes. It's... Are you sure it's paranormal? Uh, Pretty sure. Because I, think I know exactly where Steve's going with this. I, I, yeah. I know where I know where Steve's going with it too, and he doesn't experience anything. Here's the I don't. It's weird, dude. He doesn't experience anything like on a regular basis. Like we can go, you know. He if we go on a paranormal investigation or whatever, dude, he can call him up like he's ringing up an old buddy on the phone. Like, no joke. That's how it is. It's weird. Just in telling the streetlight story and just to kind of give some well, here, here's the thing, evidence Steve. of what goes on. Just to know Connor, a demon would probably get bored of haunting Connor because Carver would be like, oh, no, it's probably like a demon or something. 
<laughs> David's just, like, God damn it. Just unimpressed. Unimpressed. <laughs> this isn't even working. Dude, he's so but chill. I, I, I've been diving down a ton of fucked up UFO abduction stories. <laughs> and one that I picked up and I've been looking into uh, this couple... They have they had an older kid, probably three or four, and they just had a new baby moved into this new house. Uh, after the baby was born, shit around the house started moving, like classic poltergeist activity. Uh, stuff would get thrown off the walls. They'd put shit in one area and it'd be moved to the next. Well, then the baby, who was just a month old, they'd put it down in the crib to go to sleep. Yuck. The mom would come in. The baby's not in the crib. They find the baby under the crib. So clearly a month old baby can't get can't get out of the crib. Happens yeah. again. They find the baby behind the door in the bedroom. Happens again a third time. So now they're thinking that the young that the older brother is going in just doing older brother things, like trying to get him out and you know, play with him or whatever. One day while the dad and the older brother's gone, happens again. The baby's moved across the room after she puts him down. Anyway, long story short, what they think is poltergeist activity, they both, she goes under hypnosis and it comes comes to light that she's been interacting with the, what, this alien being and it has in turn like been a generational thing and now whatever this alien being is, is fucking with her kid. So that's kind of where my mind was going when you were telling me that this all started when your son was born, not... Not to plant that seed in your brain or no. anything, but it was. I'll, I'm going to end up doing an episode on it. I just haven't got there yet. That was the first thing I was thinking. Like as soon as the kid was born, then all this shit starts to go on. But the kid in this in the uh, encounter that I'm talking about, his whole life is just plagued with like negative paranormal experiences, just on top one on top of another on top of another. Like this this poor dude cannot escape it at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. No, Connor's not like that. I mean honestly thank god yeah absolutely thank god but it's like he can bring it up when he wants to you know we went to an and went to a, on a paranormal investigation in thurman west virginia uh, it's an old pretty much ghost town old abandoned railroad town we have a, an episode about it actually it's called west virginia ghost town with chris collin uh he kind of runs the the tours and the investigations and stuff there but we went in, man, and we were sitting around like in a group of eight or nine people or whatever. And, uh, you know, like you have all these guys, they're trying to, to communicate and do all this different stuff. And it took a while for Connor to, to get comfortable, you know, to actually speak and do all these things. And, dude, as soon as he started talking, it was like boom, 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 boom. Like <clears throat> junk coming up on the SLS camera, uh, spirit box going crazy. Uh, flame of a candle it, it, the, something weird is this we're in an old post office and there's dead it's dead air dude there's no air moving in this place and there's a flame of a candle and no matter where he went in the room the guy would say okay I, I, we see that you like connor find find connor and this flame would lean continuously lean toward wherever connor was in the room <laughs> And he would switch seats. He would go different places. It was nuts, dude. So it's like awesome. he can bring it up when he wants to, but whenever we're leaving places too, I'm like, all right, Connor, come on, you got to say it. He's like, Dad, no, I, I, nope, nope, you got to say it. Say it right now. 
we ain't we ain't moving from this spot till you say he's like all right nothing that's here is allowed to follow me back you have to stay here this is your place you can't go with me all right you happy I'm like yeah i'm good <laughs> Come on, the, Dad. The, the aliens just put LOL. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll follow you everywhere. LOL in the chat. You might, yeah, you we, might we have a, care. you might have a super powerful kid on your hands, man. Justin, hey. tell him the street lamp story. That's a really good one too, to kind of just express even more the magnet or lightning rod that that Connor is. Not a, so by no means, but a paranormal. <laughs> Yes, they do. These ghosts might be chicks. You don't know. Maybe he is a chick man. Could be. Could be. No, we were, uh, we camp a lot. You know, we have a, an RV, a camper, a tow trailer, whatever you want to call it. Um, or a travel trailer, not a tow trailer, travel trailer. But we stay, our boss also owns a campground. So, you know, we go down there and stay quite a bit. Um, and that's actually where we met the girl that I was telling you about that act, that came on the show that had all these paranormal crazy experiences. She's she's a magnet too. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, after our Thurman investigation, I downloaded this little SLS camera app on my phone, and I was just goofing around, you know, playing with it outside one night. And uh, this street lamp that was directly across the way from our camper, the only time, like, one night me and Ryan were, were picking up cornhole boards and putting them back up, and I started telling Ryan some of these stories that Tessa was was telling me. I was like, dude, this stuff is just nuts. Well, when I started telling him, the streetlight starts kind of flickering and going on and off. So I'm like, whoa, that's that's freaking weird. Well, Ryan always brings me back to center. You know, he's like, dude, it's, it's electrical, man. It ain't no big deal. These lights do that, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, you know, all right, I got you. Didn't argue it, but I watched that light the rest of the time I was there. And it didn't do it anymore, anymore, until... Connor and Tessa come out, went out there one night when I was 
screwing around with this SLS camera app. And they said, you know, they just put it out there. If there's anybody or any spirit, anything here that wants to communicate, you know, just give us some kind of sign of your presence. Street light goes out. I was like, okay, all right, that's that's weird. Connor says, all right, you can let it go. You can let it go. You can bring it back on. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. Boop. Street lights back on. <laughs> that is awesome. So they start talking and, and like communicate, doing all these different things. And I was like, no, keep this going. Keep this. Ask questions. You know, like blink once for yes, twice for no. Dude, they're sitting here talking to this street light for like ten minutes. I mean, just this thing is is communicating with them. I mean, not the street light per se, but whatever. I was gonna say we're gonna clip that. <laughs> they were just standing there talking to the street light. That's Appalachian, baby. It was fucking crazy, guys. It was fucking crazy. We forgot crazy. to tell you about the DMT we gave them. <laughs> but no, man, he is like he's from that time he's always been enthralled it hasn't pushed him away he loves horror he loves the paranormal he loves we love to travel and everywhere we go we're going on a ghost tour i mean that's it's a given awesome i love it that is so awesome i'm trying to get him on the show no luck no luck i i got everett to call in one time he's seen a bigfoot so he's he was in our old intro that is awesome dude that's awesome, that's awesome. I was even I was even driving and I didn't see it, so I'm like, how in the hell? He's like, you're probably changing the radio or on your phone. Or... Like, I get it, I get it. It's a lot of effort. Yeah, but we're gonna ch- change paces a little bit here. And man, how so? I don't even know how to start this up. <laughs> I do, I do, because it, it was the first. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Kyle one of the first first conversations you and I had. You you sent me, I don't know if we chatted a bit before that, but you sent me the pictures. And you're like, have you ever seen anything like this? And I'm like, no. No, I haven't. I'm like, it looks old, like super old. I was like, you know what? You mind if I get them pictures and I'll send them to Steve? Because Steve has a, a lot of knowledge on, on natives and stuff like that. And then if that doesn't work, I'll post it in the Discord because there's a lot of smart people in there. So that's what I did. Took those pictures, posted them, or get, sent them to Steve. Steve's like, I don't have a clue what those are. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So then I posted it in our Discord. And nobody in Discord could peg it. And then I'm like, bro, I, nobody knows what the fuck this is. I'm like, I, I don't have a clue. It's awesome looking. Absolutely awesome looking. But I have no clue. And if Steve doesn't know, I'm definitely not going to know. And if the people in Discord don't know, then we are shit out of luck. Because there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of smart people in there. To touch base on what, on this picture Kyle's talking about, I can't even, like, describe it with any justice. It's, it's, it's almost like this, it's like, this, is it limestone? Like this limestone cliff face? And it has all of these carvings into it and it's it's almost like reverse carvings like yeah like it's it's raised up out of the rock like when i first saw it it almost looked it almost looked like someone took a super intricate like wrought iron gate and laid it down and then like 
did did a reverse like concrete imprint of it on top of this these these rock faces. I'm like, I don't have any fucking idea what this is. So have you have you guys gone and looked at that yet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is, is it actually protruding out of the rock? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the way they I'm imagine down into it, you know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, imagine the time it would take. It was like reverse. To do it that way. Well, that's carving. the thing. It looks like it's actually protruding, but what they did is is everything is so like symmetrical and intricate with the actual carving that what they wanted to be seen, it's like a topographical kind of thing. It, it pops at you. Yeah. It's so, raised up. Yeah. It's As like opposed they, to being carved in, it's raised up. So they've carved all the like hollow space around it to yeah. to bring it up but i'll, I'll let I mean. you guys... imagine imagine the time it takes to do that because oh, yeah. you're doing it you're doing an opposite you're not just drawing the lines that's what you're, pops... you're actually not drawing the lines you're 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 taking away and leaving the lines yeah. think, at yeah, that point a crop, which takes way longer you give a crop circle like when we first walked up on it um and i had seen pictures of when i first like walked up on it and put my hands on it it reminded me of what you would think of a crop circle, only not a crop circle, but the same type of, I guess, care that crop circles are given. Um, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Put your fingers on it, start rubbing around it. Like some, somebody had to take some serious time. And, and we're under the impression that it was not machine done it was done by hand just simply because of the age of the rock and the location of it and for somebody to do it even with machine would have taken a crazy amount of time but we're talking somebody who's done this probably by hand and then made this indention into this rock with very ornate um I don't ornate uh, precision, I guess, very ornate detail. Um, it, it it has taken somebody a long, long time to do this. And it's like the location that it's in, the way that it looks like. It's when the boys, when, when Justin brought this to us and said, hey, let's go, let's go check this thing out. Um, in my mind, I was like, okay. I'll go hang out with the boys. We'll go see what it is. I don't expect it to be very much. It's probably something that's been there because of strip mining or some whatever. But when we walked up on it and I saw it and I put my hands on it and I started rubbing around the detail of it and seeing the topography that was within the carving, I was, holy, like this took somebody some serious or, or people some serious time to even to even start something like that and then the detail that is within it i mean it, it's even today even with some of the information i guess that has come because of it i go back to that carving and i'm like why in the world would somebody waste so much time putting so much detail into a rock in the middle of nowhere that was my first thoughts too like because i'm i've only seen it in pictures but i'm like if this is man-made and hand-carved they're trying to get something across that's extremely important 
yeah. here because the amount of time and manpower it took to cut to carve this out and it's it's not just like a single carving it's like intricate like highways of lines and shit on this on this rock face i'm like if this is if this is man-made in man carved they're trying to put forth something very important yeah. about this rock about this area whatever it is i'm like this is fucking beyond me i sent the pictures to Derek olson of megalithic marvels just because i was like you know i know this isn't megalithic but this dude's out in the field all the time in peru and egypt and you know all, all of these different places like he's bound to have come across something that looks similar so i sent it to him he put it on his story on instagram and was like hey if anybody knows what this is let me know crickets like that's the thing dude nobody knows and you know kind of like what lance was saying and just to give a little preface you know just to kind of explain a little bit behind this uh i was talking to a a, a local guy husband and wife and fans of the show also while we were camping and you know we started talking about i was looking at doing like a little mini documentary a, 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 about the russell fork river it's like just a a stretch of river that runs through our town runs through the breaks interstate park runs really, really close to Hellier. And I know like people in this field, y'all have heard of Hellier. I mean, it's, if, if not go watch it, go check it out. Like Hellier is just a, a hop, skip and a jump across the mountain from where we are. So this river that runs through there, I was looking at doing this little mini documentary about all the weird stuff that happens along the river, you know, the railroad tracks and the, the, the main roads and the mines that are close by and there's all these weird stories and awesome like native history that comes from around this so i'm talking to to chris and melanie byers give them a little shout out here for for leading us down this trail um and he was like dude have you seen these these rock carvings up here on the mountain like overlooking town i was like no i don't know what you're talking about so he shows me the pictures and i was like Dude, that is nuts. I've never heard of that in my entire life. You know, I've lived here since I was four years old. I've never, ever heard of this. So I started asking around and talking. And, you know, a few people have heard about it or, or know about it. Even fewer people had ever actually been to see it. And like two people had actually looked into it at all. So we're just like, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to go check it out. And here's the crazy thing, man. Like, again, I was excited about it because we have something like this here in our hometown. Nobody acts like they even care about it, but this is awesome. We, we, we got to go look at it. And maybe it's because I have a podcast. Where my, <laughs> I mean, this is something really cool to jump into, but I feel like even good if content, I, yeah, good content, great content, but I feel like even if we didn't have a podcast, this is awesome. Like this is worth checking out. So we keep putting it off like, you know, we have things coming up here and there. Our schedules are super slammed all the time. We finally decide, you know what, screw it. We're going to check it out on this one Sunday. Well, just so happened it was pouring the rain that entire day. We were like, screw it. Just we're, we're going. Well, dude, we get up there and when we first find this rock and we had no idea, like no idea where it was. We were just following these these messaged out directions from Chris, 
you know, the guy that, that told me about it. Well, we find it. And, dude, no joke. Like, when I first stepped up to the rock, actually, when I first realized, okay, this is what we're looking at, for me personally, I can't speak for these boys, but for me, it was literally like a shamanic experience. Like, I could feel every raindrop hitting my skin. Like, it was just like I could fly off of this rock right now. It's so weird. Well, what made it even weirder talking about that is – me and Steve are messaging back and forth, talking about the rock again, you know, just like coming together and see, you know, have you found out anything, you know, what's your thoughts, you know, what's your theories, all this different stuff. So he, Steve had put it in some geology or geology forums and seeing what people had to say on there. And one of the, one of the things that he sent me that somebody, a, a comment that somebody had left was this is where the old gods meet. And dude, when he said that, my skin like I got it, goosebumps when you said it. <laughs> I mean, but what made me like get so like, oh my God, was the feeling that I got when I was there. So when you said that afterwards, I was like, oh my God, this is nuts, dude. It's nuts. But this this rock carving, and you guys are more than welcome to put the pictures up, you know, let the I know you already put it in Discord and stuff, but you know, you can let the folk, you're the, the hollow cold out there, check them out because uh, we really would like to know more information. I mean, we have theories because this rock has led to <laughs> led to other things. We challenge you guys to figure out what this rock, what those carvings are, please. <clears throat> oh, and did, um, did the guy in those forums elaborate as to why he said this is where the this is where the old gods meet? Very, There's nothing more from it. He just put it. Yeah, just oh. Shoot. I wonder if there was a I wonder if there was a purpose behind that or if it was just somebody spouting I shit. If it was Steve. <laughs> it, was, it was not me. I was no, just no, trying no. to. I mean, I'm like what uh, Steve from uh, Old Gods of Appalachia. <laughs> it might be it. It might be it. Steve Shales on there. Because I was trying to figure out. I'm like, I was just posting in there to see if they were man-made or not because I couldn't, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm like, the amount of time that it would take to be, to put this forward. It has to be man-made because if if you walk up to it, you come down the hill, but if you turn left, you know, sidestep and center yourself, in the bottom right corner is a figure of a person. And in the upper left corner is a figure of a person. Yeah, that's so awesome. So it's definitely. Yeah, but yeah I posted it and I posted it in there just to see if anybody like to see if anyone had ever seen it. And people were kind of spout off different theories and stuff. And then one person bo- jumped in there and said, this is where the old gods meet. And I'm like, all right. All right. We had another- <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. We had another it's actually my brother who kind of said that who had watched a fan of the show Ancient Aliens, and he had told told me he was like that kind of reminds me of any time that they find Native American carvings and it had some of the same type of features on it that the Native Americans always kind of liken that to a place where you know a worship area or the, some of the circles that were in the carving kind of like reminded him of 
what Native Americans would call like a place where they would have trying 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 to reach out to their gods or have some type of you know um, ritual in which they would have these circles in their kind of drawn in the dirt essentially trying to reach their ancestors or reach their gods that they were talking to. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know that. Right. But if you go back and watch some ancient alien episodes, like anytime you see very similar patterns to what this is, then it reminds you of some of the things that the native Americans would have in some of their, um, religion, ritual worships they were doing. Right. So I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting on my, on my, chair were playing video games at the time and Justin sends me the message from you that says this is where the old gods meet and I was hoping like when we put sort of send this people I was hoping for that like something like that to happen like in my mind I was hoping for some type of I don't know just old gods ancient type of information that showed up like when he sent me the message like I jumped out of my chair and like old school like fist pump like yes 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 we've, we've got it like, we found something we've got a connection here like whatever it is that i was excited to see that somebody interpreted the rock in that way um but what it actually has led us down the path that's led us down has been totally opposite of that um i'm just gonna come out and say it we're we're fucking treasure hunters guys it's led. I would never imagine put us on the path that it's put us on. Okay, really quickly though, because this is something I haven't even talked about. I haven't. I've, I haven't talked about this detail on our show yet because it's exclusive. a new. It's this is exclusive Holocult content right here. Yes, I just found out this detail. So I was talking to a family member of the guy that actually owns, he either owns the property or he owns the property that kind of butts up to the property. I'm not really sure how it all works. I wanted to go look at it. So I went to go look at it. I didn't care who the property owner was, but he evidently had spent the better part of two decades trying to find out what this was on this rock. Well, he got in contact with a tribal elder in of the, of the Cherokee people. So this elder and another member of, of this Cherokee tribe came up. And I'm thinking that he said this was the early nineties. He came up there, this tribal elder steps up to this rock, um, asks if he can be alone with it for a minute. So they step off like, you know, toward the top of this point and, and they're watching him. He sits down on the rock. He, you know, goes into this state of like meditation or whatever. He starts tracing out the carvings on the rock. He gets up, he dusts himself off. He walks by everybody else, walks out of there, doesn't speak a word, nothing. Doesn't say anything. Creepy. It sounds terrible. Creepy. What does that mean? Or, like, I have no idea. Usually not or, good. Or he has the greatest sense of humor of all time. He's like, I'm really, <laughs> really going to fuck with this guy right now. Trolling him. Trolling him. walk by everybody. I'm not going to say anything. So, but it, even, if it, even if it does go to treasure, 
who, what culture, what person would carve that? Is it, is it a map of the area? Is it, is it something, cause if, is it, is it something a colonial settler would, would carve or is it more in, on the lines of like a, a native? I've never seen a colonial settler carve anything. Well, yeah, they're, yeah. Like, but this. I, you know, yeah, you know what I'm getting at though? Like, could we like pinpoint a time period? Or yeah, or even or even just like a like the like the Cherokee or the Navajo or or whomever, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a culture that would typically carve things like well, this? The way because I know in a lot of ancient in a lot of ancient times, uh, we did a, a episode on it before, I believe. But you have to watch some of them areas because not to I'm not you know I'm just spouting off here, but. A lot of places like that could also be considered places where you could open portals. Yep. Well, I was going to say the way the the people that they carved into it or shaped would remind me of something out of South America, like Aztec or Incan. That's so, so which would mean if that's true, that would mean that it's old as fuck. Yeah. yeah that and that was that was where my mind went after. <laughs> after I got to sitting there for a little bit and we were talking and I'm like, are there any treasure legends? Because a lot of times this shit could, could turn into treasure markers, you know? And then that just once, once you guys started talking about that, I'm like, Oh shit, here we go. Here we go. There, yeah. just so there, happens there is a legend. Just so happens. That there is a legend uh, in our area. And we might have maps. Called the Swift Silver Mine. Um, there's a local legend that is eastern Kentucky, southwest Virginia, northeast Tennessee, western North Carolina, kind of the, where we're at. That is, people have been trying to find for 250, 300 years, 400 years, I guess now. Um, and I remember as a kid, I think I'll... Justin and I probably, and Ryan even as, as well, had, had people had, had heard people allude to this swift silver mine, but never gave it much credence. Never really gave it much thought. Just one of those things that old timers talked about. Um, but once we, <laughs> once they found this rock, we went and saw the rock. Can I put a couple of episodes out? I'll put an episode out about the rock. Um, and then started just talking to people in our area. What we thought was old Native American carvings for a ritual or portals or, or whatever um, quickly took a 180 return in a different direction that the three of us really had no idea that it was going to take the turn that it took um and that leads us to essentially the mystery that we're in the middle of right now um that we're kind of just as we get information we tell the hill folk about it and that well go ahead go ahead and tell them a little bit about lance go ahead and say like how jw came into the mix how you know how all this came up you know because this rock just started a conversation between you and jw who happens happened to be a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So 
this is, I mean, it's, it, this, it's a bit of a lengthy story and, and I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, but I work with a guy that I've known for years, right? And we've had conversations about absolutely everything. Um, and he, he does some streaming of his own. He, he, I races, uh, and streams and has a pretty good following. Um, and I've, was watch his stream and support him as much as I can. And when we started the podcast back, well, when Justin and Ryan started the podcast back a year or so ago, and then I came along a month or so later, I was kind of waiting for the right moment to tell him about the podcast. I knew he would enjoy it. Um, just to kind of let him know, hey, we're kind of doing the same thing. So post-summer break, we're back at work. Um, I teach high school. He teaches at the same high school that I do. We're just in just BS and shooting the breeze, kind of catching up uh, over the summer, talking about what we did during the summer, so on and so forth. And I tell him that, hey, we've got this podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. And in the back of my mind, I'm telling him that so he can kind of like mention it on his stream because he's got a pretty good following and just trying try, try to pick up a couple extra downloads. Essentially, what Always grinding. Absolutely. Always grinding. Just pick up a couple extra downloads. Um, and we had just the week or so before been to this rock and, and I'm telling him about podcasts and then asking him, he's a history guy, local history guy, kind of has just kind of a local history buff. And I'm showing him these pictures um, just to try to get his take on what he sees in this picture as well. And I mentioned to him about, hey, we've got an article and some other people who have mentioned the Swift Silver Mind. And I see his ears kind of perks up. He kind of looks at me like, that's a really odd thing to bring out of nowhere. Um, so we continue to talk about it. And he was like, well, you know, speaking of the Swift Silver Mind, I actually have some information I think you might be interested in. You might want to tell, talk about it on your podcast. Yeah, sure. Let me know all all the things that you know. Well, little did I know <laughs> that he had a gentleman that he knew uh, in Florida, the Treasure Coast of Florida, that had actually found some of Blackbeard's treasure um, down around that area. That gentleman by the name of Don Anderson had contacted him Kind of a crazy series of events. His dad was going to buy some land down there to build a retirement home. Uh, Don got a better offer on the land and kind of sold it out from underneath his dad and felt bad about it. Um, and JW's dad was older, so JW was kind of the liaison was kind of talking to him. And he said, You know what? I shouldn't have done that. I feel bad about it. Um, let me give you this information to kind of make up for me doing that. Uh, and he gives him location of this Swift Silver Mine, right? So JW kind of, all right, yeah, some, some crazy old man, crazy old codgers just telling me, feed me a line. Uh, but I'll listen to him just because, right? So he, he gives him a location and, and hand draws him some maps uh, and sends, I mean, sends him this stuff and tells him essentially, hey, you can go find this thing. Uh, there is where this silver mine is at, this local legend. There's not just millions of dollars worth of gold there. Um, and JW said that Don, every time he mentioned it, would go not just millions, but, 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 but 
billions of dollars worth of steel. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so Debbie's telling me all this stuff, right? And I'm just, I, I pull my pencil out and a notepad. I'm just writing down as many notes, just trying to consume as much information as, as he's telling me. So obviously, he says billions of dollars in silver. You know, I'm listening, right? As, as any of us would be. Let me let, give me all the information. All right. So there's an area here, um, a mountain here in, in our area called Pine Mountain, uh, which is kind of a big, kind of a big mountain, kind of a, kind of the focal point, I guess, around that everybody has been looking for this Swift Silver Mine. Now, you can Google Swift Silver Mine, and you will find this information. People have been looking for it for hundreds of years. What JW tells me, he's like, hey, Swift Silver Mine on Pine Mountain. Don tells me that it's not on Pine Mountain. It's in this other location. And, okay, (laughs) all right. So we kind of talk about where this is at. So I ask him once he kind of gets done telling me about the area. I say, well, JW, how do you know this guy wasn't just like giving you a wild goose chase? Why is, how do you know he's not sending you on a wild goose chase? He's like, well, I, I had the same thought. Um, but let me give you some information on why I think he's telling me the truth. Okay, I'm in. So he goes on to tell me an account about how Don sends JW to uh, an area just south of Cincinnati. Um, and he says, now, if you go to this area, X marks this spot on the map. There's a Civil War gold here. It, I, I have done my research. Um, I found all these things, but, but I can't find the land deeds. I don't know the landowner. I'm in Florida. Cincinnati is a long ways away. If you go and check this place out, I think you'll find some gold. So JW on a whim says, hey, I'm at least gonna, I've got to at least go check it out, right? It, somebody tells you there's gold there. Guys found Blackbeard's treasure. I've got to go check it out. So he does. So he goes to Cincinnati with his brother. One area is just south of Cincinnati. And they, and they go to this small little town and go to a courthouse um, and, and, and per Don's directions, find the owner of the land where this supposedly X marks the spot gold, Civil War gold is. And and Don had told JW that he was doing some some dowsing. And you want to talk about Appalachia at its finest, but he was doing some dowsing um, and had doused on the mat. And I don't know if you, if your listeners know what dowsing is, but you take two metal rods um, and kind of like let the magnetic field of the earth kind of point you – he used to do finding wells here in Appalachia. It was one of the ways they did it was find water. He was doing it. My grandpa does okay. it. Okay. So, you, all right. So, that's what he how he had found. And he had doused on a map, aerial map, this location of where this Civil War gold was. So, JW says, I'm at least going to check it out. So, he goes and goes to a small town, goes to the courthouse, gets the land deeds, finds the landowner, um, and travels up to the place. Um, he's got his metal detector, he says, and his maps uh, and the information of where this is at and goes up and knocks on the door to talk to these people to at least let him go metal detect on the area. Um, and nobody's home. So they wait 10 or 15 minutes hoping somebody comes home because they don't want to go trespass. Um, and then nobody shows up. 
and JW said, we traveled a couple of hours. I'm at least going to go look. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not technically illegal, but I, I, I at least have to go look. So they go to the area, and there's this mound uh, on the land. This is protrusion. It's definitely a mound uh, that looks different than the rest of the land that it's there. And he takes his metal detector and just starts kind of making a circle and gets to the middle of the land of the mound. And when he puts his metal detector on the middle of the mound, he gets a precious metal ping, a high ping on his metal detector. He thinks to himself, well, that's really unusual. Like that that's not happening. He doesn't go digging for it because digging on somebody else's land obviously would cause some problems if they were to show up. Um, but he calls Dawn and tells Dawn, hey, definitely got a precious metal ping um, right in the exact place where Dawn tells him. Go back. Nobody's home. Comes back home, does some more research and finds out that that area that he was at was actually an old Native American burial ground. So calls the local authorities, no, we can't dig on it because of the being a Native American burial ground, so on and so forth. Can't whatever's there's there, we can't touch it. Right. So that to JW tells him that right, this old boy has some obviously that there's there's two instances now in which he has been correct. The the instance in which he sent him on this trail to Cincinnati and found this. And then JW has done some research himself on Don Anderson and found several news articles in which Don Anderson found a portion of Blackbeard's treasure on the treasure coast. Right, so and got, some and some of one of Christopher Columbus's ships. Yes. And it was on, yeah. And he's found some on Christopher Columbus's ship as well. So there's instance that there's a lot of uh, like the dude checks out. Yeah, verifiable. Yeah, they're, they're he's a legit treasure hunter. Yeah, they're verifiable. Checks out. Yeah, it's very he's verifiable information that shows all these different things, right? So he he goes on to tell JW that there's a couple of different places up and down the East Coast. This Civil War treasure that's at kind of has an idea where it's at. What what they would do was they would have outhouses at the time, and then when the North um, kind of was attacking some of the southern armies, they would take the gold and throw them down in the pits of these outhouses to hide the gold so they wouldn't get it. And there's been there's been like instant over and over and over now that Don has told JW things that have always checked out. And let me add there's never been an instance in which what he has told him has not checked out. Everything's always JW's always been able to come up with information, uh, articles, so on and so forth, that show everything to be true. Okay? Um, so, obviously, J.W. continues to talk to Don. Um, and he and J.W. would tell you that Don was a bit of an eccentric guy, fast talker, quick thinker, that there'd just be information, kind of like shotgun, just, just, just everywhere. And he would try to piece together all the stuff he was telling him. And he would notes and, and all this stuff so he's telling me all this stuff i'm sitting in my classroom and like i'm just looking at him like uh let's go now let's go find right now like what are we doing here um and and jw proceeds to tell me that he spent 
about 10 years ago, spent a lot of time looking for this treasure. Um, and hey, shows me pictures of him looking for it, shows me, pulls up a Google map and, and has pins that he has dropped in locations um, that he found that weren't any treasure kind of marking off places so he didn't go back to them. Um, and then just continues to give me more and more information on this Swift Silver Mine on why he thinks it's in this location that is completely different than what everybody else thinks and tells me that he was a part of a old school online forum in which people were, were, were talking about this and trying to find it. And that they found some of these carvings that we had found in some of the journals that this John Swift had written. Okay. So that gives yeah. us, us three even more in, you know, I guess, um, provable or more ammunition, I guess, essentially for thinking that this is a bit of a marker for where, where this swift silver mine is. So, um, as I have a terrible tendency to do, I dive headfirst into the rabbit hole, right? So I'm consuming all the information, reading as much as I can, researching as much as I can, everything about this swift silver mine. And what I found is, is that the, the people, like the legitimate people who have been treasure hunting, trying to find this, have found carvings that aren't identical to what we found, but definitely similar to what we found uh, on that rock. And that if you got to looking at John Swift's journals, that there are apparently, theoretically, caches of silver that he hid kind of all around our area. And that the reason that he was having to hide some of this silver is because there was a Native American chief that went by Captain Benj or Captain Benji or Chief Benji. That that's kind of how he made his living. He would take the white settlers gold or silver or whatever he thought was valuable he would come in and plunder it and then sell it off to other settlers and that was kind of what he did um and that was kind of the way that he kept his tribe of native americans or whatever that was how he made his money um and that was one of the reasons why settlers had so much trouble kind of staying in our area in the 17 uh or late 17 early 1800s now, if you drive um, like down the main road that goes through my town, I live about 45 minutes uh, west of where these, these boys are. But there's like a marker, historical marker on the side of the road. I probably have those, you know, I'm talking about like every once in a while you'll see like a silver kind of historical marker that talks about something important, right? You kind of know what I'm talking about on the side of the road. Right, yeah. Right, so there's one here um, that I had passed. A thousand times. Never even stopped to look at it because it's just there, right? So JW tells me, he's like, you're, have you ever pulled over and checked out that marker? I didn't pay much attention to it. Said, well, the next time you're driving that way, why don't you do <clears throat> Okay, no problem. So I'm headed down that road about a week after we had this conversation. I stopped and pulled over. Lo and behold, who's on the marker? 
Chief Benji. Um, and Chief Benji and some of the antics, I guess, that he was doing during those times, and he was a local legend. Um, this whole thing about him being here and I'm doing this thing. There's another gentleman that works across the hall from me, uh, and a fan of the show, uh, and had heard the conversation that we had had with JW. And he comes over the Monday afternoon when the episode dropped and comes walking in and is just kind of staring at me. And I'm like, we call him Jello. Jello, what's up? What's going on, buddy? And he's just looking at me. Something going on? Do you need help with something? He's like, nope. Uh, but I have some interesting information you might like to know. Hit me with it, brother. So he says, Chief Benji is my seventh great-grandfather. I said, what? Chief Benji is my seventh great-grandfather by marriage. It's like, no, you're, you're messing with me. Like, oh, no, I'm serious. So he proceeds to walk around to my whiteboard. And he's a 23andMe uh, guy. Like he, he loves looking up genealogies. Um, and kind of figuring out where his family came from. He just has a ton of information. He begins to write the seven generations on my whiteboard, giving me names, giving me dates, giving me where people were at, all the way down to his name, and traces it up. And he says, now this is by marriage, but Captain Benji was my, or Chief Benji was my seventh great-grandfather, and he is known um, to be, the guy kind of like he was he was known to be an, what he called an Indian pirate um, that he would come into these settlers and, and just take from them. He then proceeds to go on to tell me that his great grandfather, um, who is now passed when he was younger, had some a bag full of silver coins that he didn't think anything about, just thought it was, oh, no, just whatever. But he said distinctly remembers him having this bag of silver coins that he kept with him all the time um, and didn't know where he got them from, but he would always talk about this swift silver mine. So I, obviously my next question is what? Where are these silver coins? I'd love to see them. I don't know, you know, it's just, I just remember seeing it when I, when I was much younger. Well, we have some pictures of some of the coins that John Swift made and has the date on them and has like, a, I guess you would call it the Swift seal on them as well. And I just pull up the picture and show Jello. Hey, do you remember what they look like? And he was like, yeah, I can vaguely remember. Would it look anything like this? And instantly, he was like, I've seen those. I've seen those in a bag. My great grandpa had those. He had 10 or 15 of those coins. So, <laughs> I mean, we could, I could talk for another hour about all the information that we've got um, on this Swift Silver Mine. Now, so where does that put us? Um, we're going, we are in the process of going and looking for this Swift Silver Mine. And if you look at that carving, and we keep going back to that because that's kind of where all this started at. If you look at that carving and you see a, 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 a carving of a person, I'm sorry, 
kind of down here at the bottom of the carving is a picture of a person. And then up here is another picture of the person. And it looks like a shaft that kind of runs down the middle of it. Um, and everything that we have found so far, and these boys will back me up, um, on this Swift Silver Mine is that there was an upper and a lower shaft to this mine. This mine, and they would mine the silver top, run it down through the bottom of the shaft, and that's where it would be at. Um, Don Anderson told JW that when he was here in our area in the early 80s, that he had actually laid eyes on this mine. He had been there and had seen it. Since then, a four lane has come through and it has, I guess, uh, kind of taken out half the mountain, essentially, where this was located. Uh, and he told JW that in the lower part of this mine was a rock feature, natural rock feature, that looked like stair steps. And that was kind of the indicator of where this would be. He went on to tell JW that he had seen the mine that on National Forest, and that he never pursued going in and getting the silver ore out of the mountain because of the just the legal stuff it would take digging on National Forest. You know, there's, there's a lot of loopholes, a lot of holes, or a lot of um, things you'd have to jump through, legal things you have to jump through to get it. And he had to go back home, so he never pursued it farther. Okay. But he also told JW, just to kind of bring this whole thing full circle, that at the bottom of the mine, um, in the research that he had done, is that there was a press, essentially, um, which they would mine the silver, bring it down, heat it up, put it through a, a cauldron, and then press the Swift logo into these coins. And that's what they used as currency. Um, and that was kind of the way in which John Swift made his money. So for us here in Appalachia, um, we have and the, the pot dream of silver caches of coins all throughout our area. We have the pot dream of finding the actual mine itself in which there's supposedly still billions of dollars of silver within Silver ore, silver, silver ore, excuse me, still in the mine that has not, has yet to be extracted. Um, and this November, December, January, February, uh, we three, along with JW, are planning to do some serious searching for this silver. Um, and ask, why not, why not go now? Well, in our area right now, rattlesnakes and copperheads are in abundance. Uh, and JW said that you have to wait till the leaves are off until the frost, you know, it gets colder because you're essentially climbing on cliff faces and, and, and doing some stuff from where in which pretty remote um, here's here in the mountains of Appalachia. And then there's an abundance of rattlesnakes and copperheads just kind of waiting and looming on every corner uh, to reach out and kind of give you a bite. Uh, garden treasure. Exact garden treasure. Exactly. Right, so let me add some more just before Justin goes on, because I, I, as, as I'm talking, I'm thinking of more and more stuff. Um, JW says that he has been and, and done some looking. He, he has searched for this for quite some time. And he says that there is a certain area which where we're going to start our, our search for, in which there have been unusual 
boulders. Like, so in our area here in Appalachia, a lot of rocks, but we don't have a ton of just like big boulders that you would kind of find in the Rockies and stuff. Um, he says that these boulders are unusually placed. Uh, he thinks man placed um, to maybe cover the entrance or the exit um, of this mine. Um, he said, it's just as you walk up on it, you look at it and think, hmm, one of these things don't look like everything else. Um, and that we now, this was 10, 10 or 12 years ago that he was doing some searching. He's kind of quit as he's gotten older. Um, but now we have more access to Google Maps, the drones, um, to heat, um, heat signature, uh, metal detectors. And there's more technology that we have now that he did not have 12 years ago. Um, so we are at least hoping to find potentially location of where this silver is. Now, we have already got... I want to say too, too much. We've already got some people who are politically involved ready to help us move red tape if we are to find something. I was going to bring that up. Like if it's on, if it's on, I guess, government property, that could get real yeah, that, messy. Well, it won't get messy. They'll just take it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in Virginia, it's a 10% finder's fee. So like we've done this research, like I, you boys went down the rabbit hole. So whatever we find, we we get 10% of it. The state takes the other 90. Well, we get 10 of billions of dollars. We get 10% of whatever we tell the government about. We get, yeah, that's right. where I'm at. We get a hundred percent of whatever we get out of there before we say anything to anybody. Yeah. We've been working in this mine for like three months. And all we found is this five gallon bucket of silver. Like, oh damn. <laughs> Something that's interesting share, too, that know? we didn't know. Like silver ore in the mountain looks like coal. I didn't know that. Like that was something that I, we have recently learned. So like, it looks like black veins of coal. Um, and of course, tons of that around here where we're at. So um, another reason probably why people haven't probably seen it, maybe, maybe older people have seen it and just thought, oh, it's just another coal vein that eventually somebody's going to come in mind. But they say that silver, silver ore in its natural state before it's cleaned up and taken care of looks kind of looks like coal in the mountain. I think there's something you can you can put on it that uh, can confirm whether there's silver ore in it. There's some sort of test that they can do. I'm pretty sure. It's President right down the rabbit hole. So that's where we're at with our resting rock carving. How close? Okay, where the rock carving is. How close is that to the proposed spot where you think it is? Is it in the same general area? Yes. So you could essentially go back to the carved rock and kind of work your way out and look for more markers. Because usually when there's one marker, it'll lead to other markers. Right, here's the thing. So that's absolutely a, a school of thought that we've had. The problem with that is, is that in like most things in our area and in, in most old school maps, the focal point of most old school maps are what? river waterways right that's kind of the way in which you 
explain things or how you kind of, that was kind of your landmark for everything. So the river that runs where we found the rock is probably, is, is, is a branch off the main waterway that is probably 30 miles, maybe 40 miles away from the main uh, tributary river that runs in which we think that the silver mine may be. Um, and there's a, an area over here that is called Lost Creek. And that was some of the local legend. Is That was one of the ways in which John Swift would run his silver. He would take a fake silver caravan one direction so that Chief Benji would try to attack that caravan. He would run the actual silver through this Lost Creek. Um, that would eventually get to the headwaters um, of the Big Sandy, um, which is the main uh, waterway of the Russell Fork River. So, if you're looking at it from like you know from a bird's eye view, you're looking at probably thirty or forty miles um, from the air, from the ground. That would have been pretty treacherous terrain and a pretty good piece to get from one location to another. Interesting, because now now I'm wondering. I'm like, maybe the rock carving is a totally different treasure than the fucking Swift mine. That's my maybe theory. You're, maybe you're stacking stacking up. We think. Okay, here's 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 my theory. Okay, so I've been digging through what I can find of John Swift's journals, and by saying what I can find of John Swift's journals. There was a guy from Elkhorn City, Kentucky. He's a, he was an attorney in Elkhorn City. I don't even know. I've got to re try to reach out to this guy. I don't even know if he's still around. But he put together actually what you just sent me, Steve. He's probably the guy behind this. So he's found all these markings and carvings and all this from surrounding counties and states and all of this different stuff. He's tried to piece together landmark uh, explanation or, or, or descriptions in John Swift's journals and all his, these different things. He lays out a lot of different theories, but there's a little bit of information that he probably didn't know that I do. Now, where we found this rock carving, my, my theory is that you have this silver mine but you also have caches of silver treasure, silver coins that have been placed in areas close to landmarks, like where Swift would, they would have been recognizable landmarks. Now, I believe that this rock was already there, this rock carving that we were talking about earlier. I believe that it was already there and Swift and a couple of his cronies decided this is a pretty cool landmark. So we're going to put a cache of silver here because in one of Swift's journals, he talks about this, this river that runs and what he says is, is at the head near the headwaters of this Creek. Well, now the river that runs through here, the Russell Fork River, that wouldn't have been called the Russell Fork River. 
they would have taken the took the major river, the major body of water, and anything that cut off of that, they would have just called it a creek. So it says near the headwaters of this, and this is just paraphrasing out of Swift journals, near a peculiar looking rock and an Indian grave, quote unquote. Now, an Indian grave is these stacks of these rocks that they were on like flat spots on top of the mountain. There were just these stacks of rocks they called Indian graves. So there's an old tree there that we carved our initials and a part of a compass and part of a map to show where the cache of silver was. But it, it was really close to this peculiar looking rock near the headwaters. Well, me reading it, it's like flat out exactly what we went and found. Because not only did we find the rock, but we also seen this big stack of rocks that looked like an Indian grave that we were just joking about. Like, we didn't know what it was, but it was on up the point on top of the mountain. I was talking to a guy, and I just so happened, you know, we know him. He's a, he's a, a, he's a stepdad of a family friend. I was talking to him one day, and... Y'all know when you get like entrenched in this stuff, you just want to talk about it. You want to find out as much information as you can find out. You want to know everything. Well, this guy says in the mid nineties, the gas well, that's actually, there's a gas well road that goes out to this place where you have to, that's the last place you can stop. And it's a hike the rest of the way. He says that he built the location was running an excavator and built the location where this gas well went. And before I told him anything about the caches of silver or any of this stuff, he said, you know, it's funny. He said, we went up there, and I did go see that rock down there that everybody was raising the big fuss over. He said, I went on my lunch break one day down to it and found it, and I seen it. He said, but what I thought was weird, I pushed over this big old giant beech tree that had all these weird carvings in it. Looked like somebody had carved into this beech tree. I said, do you remember what it was? Now, look, remember, I haven't told him anything about what I found in John Swift's journals. I said, do you remember what it was? He said, ah, looked like some, some initials, like people's initials and uh, like an old compass rose looking thing. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. Now, in the journals... Swift says that at that time there was approximately twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars worth of silver somewhere near this peculiar-looking rock where we carved this stuff into this tree beside this old Indian grave. It's all right there. It's twenty-five thousand in seventeen. Yeah exponentially worth exponentially more now right yeah i just so i mean essentially there could be silver caches throughout steve all steve billions billions <laughs> billions uh it was it's funny that you said that uh jw or whoever was on some treasure hunting forums because i used to be on some treasure hunting for him back when I used to in uh, artifact collect and stuff. So I just popped on here while we were talking 
on to this old treasure net forum and there is a ton of stuff on the silver swift mines or the swift silver mines and i'll send it to you and i mean take it with a grain of salt like there's 18 pages of threads where people are looking through it because if you guys are focused on one area i don't want this to like suede you from that area but there is like they've got the they've got links to maps and links to journals and all kinds of shit in here it just popped into my head i'm like all right i'll see if it's on there so i'll send this to you guys and if you guys want to dig through it i don't know you may have already found it at this point if you want to dig through it and try to keep putting puzzle pieces together, it might be valuable information in here. And let me know, dude. Let me add this too. I, I forgot to mention this. Where most people think that this is is different from where we th- have information that we think that it is. That's that's good. Okay. Yeah, um, that's good. That's and the crucial. reason that we think it's in a different place. Is because Don, that kind of what we Godfather here of all this, who we've never met, just you know, just had you know, we're getting information from our other gentleman JW, and he's now deceased. So yeah, he's older, had pancreatic cancer, and passed away. R.I.P. But he had doused or dowed with his metal rods on a map the location that we are looking at, which is totally different. And where most people try to find. Okay. And you think that that sounds crazy, right? He's, what is that? Well, we have, he's done this other times. And every time he has done this, there has been cha-ching at the end of the, <clears throat> of the rainbow. Like every time he's has, has doused this other areas, there's always been something that has always worked out. Hell yeah. yeah well, I mean, even, at that point, it doesn't even fucking matter what people think. I mean, they could call you guys oh, no, crazy all treasure. you fucking want. And you can be rich and crazy. If you, the only way to know is to go and look for it anyways. Yeah. So if you went and found it, you're just like, well, joke's on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're the one that walked away with the cash. So yeah. even even just in these... For, few... Thanks for not being crazy. Yeah. I appreciate that. Even just that. in these threads, you see people thinking it's in Kentucky and thinking it's in Virginia. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. It, wherever you're from in central Appalachia, that's where the John Swift silver mine is. Yeah. yeah. Period. And I look, I understand, I understand, like, you know, when this whole thing came about, no joke, I was completely skeptical from the get go. I even messaged Lance one time, and, and, you know, I don't even care if JW hears this because he has totally proven me wrong. But I told Lance, I said, when we bring this dude on, he better not be full of crap. Like, he better be like talking legit stuff. But man, the more he talks, he totally convinced me, and he's totally convinced. Like this is there, and, and I, here's the thing. I also like, here, am convinced. Like I, I'm a bit of a skeptic on things. Like you know, I, Justin is the believer of everything. Ryan is the believer. Of, Ryan is the believer of nothing. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, <laughs> it makes for a great show. I think that, like, I, it's there. We just have to go find it. Like I am 100 oh. percent convinced. It's I'm, there. We just have to go find it. I'm in the same boat. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Well, oh yeah. Why would you not? Oh, yeah. I also oh, don't yeah. want to be bit in the face by a snake. 
So, <laughs> I mean, I would have done bought metal detectors, uh, gear. There's one right up there on that shelf behind me, metal detector. I was gonna say, I, yeah, I, would be, I got, I got one too. If you guys need to borrow one, I got. I would one be investing lots of money. Well, that's because the thing. At first, we were like, "Well, shoot, man, let's just put on our muck boots and hit it." Like, I don't care about those snakes that bad. Like, I'm terrified of snakes, but. I mean, I'll take a bite for a b- 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 billions of dollars worth of silver. Yeah. But then he was like, well, no, I mean, you're you're climbing across cliff faces and you're sticking your hands in places that you probably don't want to be sticking on me. And then I was like, well, and he was like, the the terrain is it's super tricky anyway. He said, like, you have these boulders, like Lance is talking about, these different things in place that looks like just a breath of air and stuff's going to start tumbling down. And I swear to you, like, as he was talking about it, to me, like, it sounds like uh, some kind of booby-trapped temple on on an Indiana Jones movie. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't cool. think about booby traps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having one of these big boulders running down a, a gully right at us as we're Dude, making it down the mountain. What's with all these? Popping into my head is that, like, you said that the the – the figures carved into the rocks looks look kind of South American. I'm like, you could be sitting on top of like fucking Aztec treasure that someone sh- shipped up this away and buried or Incan treasure. Anything on top of the silver mine. Yeah, man. Like it's right now. I mean, honestly, we would greatly appreciate all this information that you're coming across and sending our way because what I've found so far is all of these things, all of these details that are making people think that it's in these certain locations also adds up to the location that we think that it's in. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Even if you can find a couple a couple nuggets in here that kind of put pieces together. Yeah, I'm, or even if it's just a process of elimination. Yeah, that just, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there's I guess, no reason not to to do your homework and eliminate as much as you possibly can. Cause there's, there's threads on here from all the way back in like 2007 and shit, but a lot of it's more recent the last few years, I guess the travel channel ran a series on it in 2019 and they, they touched on the swift silver legend from what I'm looking for. I did not know that. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah. It's called a travel channel series called code of the wild. It's covering the Swift Silver Legend tonight. And that was, that was, it's, it's weird. Almost exactly three years ago, 9 2019. Wow. Oh, that, but I'll nuts. send you, I'll send you the link just to the, just to the forum where you guys can dig through the 18 pages of threads and see if anything's making sense, eliminate some of the shit. Yeah. But whenever he sure. said he was on treasure hunting forums, I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm on treasure hunting forums. Let's go <laughs> fucking check this out, see if there's any more information. Be awesome if, we could find like where Don was on one of those. Yeah, he he might be on here. Like I said, there's there's things all the way back to 2007 on here, and just this Swift forum. Well, Don was a little old school. He wouldn't even email JW and him if you remember. So <laughs> no. probably wasn't on a treasure hunting forum. Because <laughs> there's there's even guys on here that are posting other treasure markers, and I'm like, I wonder how fucking close this is. To, to your rock because it doesn't look i mean it's not exactly the same but i'm like i'm looking at this one and it almost looks like a fucking compass so i don't fucking know 
Yeah, Steve, you just you dive into <laughs> dive in. Well, it's a good us. thing I don't. It's a good thing I don't live anywhere near because I quit my job. I just fucking <laughs> I would live on the rock to make sure nobody oh, yeah. else is like I'd be in the same around. boat. Well, that's the thing, man. But you know, it. since since we've been advised that it's probably best that we wait for the cold weather months to actually go start looking for this thing, that also gives us time to go through all this information you know to, to dig through these journals to look at these other locations and, and kind of cross reference back and forth you know and like look i'm a firm believer that this is out there i'm a firm believer that we probably have as much or more information on it than anybody that's came before us looking into this but even if we don't find a hint of any of this just the journey and how it's all played out and how everything is, has fallen together and into place and finding out information from people that have no idea it has any connection to it at all but it does and you know that it does if it's, if it's nothing else but a philanthropic journey and a great story like that's worth it to me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And the movie's oh, gonna yeah. be awesome one of these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially if your philanthropic journey ends in b- 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 billions of dollars worth of silver. Yes. <laughs> that ain't no shit. Facts. <laughs> I want Tom Hardy to facts. play me in the movie. I I, I see it. I yeah, see the resemblance. I, I can't feel. I I wouldn't have picked anybody else. Honestly, right. <laughs> Tom Hardy. You say Tanya. You say Tanya Harding. Yes. What did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> that's what i heard <laughs> oh well but no fellas. guys that that was super lengthy was super lengthy lance told you it was going to be and i'm sorry oh i'm here for that it was like, yeah i'm I just mean, waiting you know, like, note version i could have went on for a while i listened to the i listened to the episodes a minute ago and i'm like get to the stairs let's talk about the stairs like come on talk about the stairs you know well see and that's but, another that's another weird thing like and I'm not trying to take this like for another hour, but it's so weird how you like, you talk about and you find in these journals and the notes and all this different stuff, how they talk about an upper and a lower mind and a natural staircase that it's in between this upper and lower mind. Now, according to John Swift's journals, this rock was already there when he had this mind in full operation. Okay. This thing, this rock looks old as old can be. I, I believe pre-1760, 80, 90, whatever. I believe pre that time. Just me personally. That's, that's my gut feeling on it. But when you look at the carving on this rock and all of these cavernous spaces, these circles that are surrounding what looks like it could be a bridge or staircase or shaft of some sort. And you have a guy standing at this upper part of this cavernous space and a guy standing at this lower part of the cavernous space. I mean, dude, like once you have all this info, it looks Weird. like it could be a representation of this upper and lower mind. So here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. 
what if John Swift, he didn't just stumble upon a silver mine in the mountain and think, hey, I'm going to start digging right here. He had some information from somewhere. What if he found these carvings, these markings, all this information from natives or whoever was around at the time that led him initially to this silver mine? And we're following in those same kind of tracks, those same footsteps to find what he did. Yeah. I thought that too. I mean, that's it's definitely possible. It's definitely, I mean, cause he had to find it one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, you'd almost think that a smart man would, if, especially if you were looking for a silver mine, a smart man would talk to locals. Yeah. You wouldn't just go, you know what? There's probably a silver mine over here. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Right. And you know, I sure as hell wouldn't be able to do it. No, it, it may have even been one of those things. Like you come in, you start communicating with the natives, with the locals, with the people around. And maybe you even see like that's silver, like part of that plate they have over there. That That's silver or you know, something they're using over here or something they're trading with or, or part of this necklace or part of this bracelet or part of this, you know, whatever. That's silver. Where, where did this come from? And then you start asking questions. Yep. And you know, oh, easy. And we know how the whites are. We're good about coming in and taking over stuff that's not really ours. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. That is factual. <laughs> that is the truth. But anyway, I know that that's that's our that's where we're at. Um, I love it. Yeah, we'll definitely keep you guys updated on. Yeah, I hope oh, you find the fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, we're we are even if it's just one coin, like just finding one coin would be awesome. Yeah. So I would frame I, that bitch. I would frame it and I'd put it on my wall. It'll be two. Coins. That's all I would do. It'll with be two it. coins, Kyle, and I'll, I'll hop on on your podcast with my shirt off, and the coins will just be over my nipples. We did that's, be more that, than that's happy. Money. That's money. more than happy. We have found it, fellas. I'm I'm pulling for you, dude. That's oh uh, yeah. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the follow up episode where you guys are just you just drive into screen with Bugattis and shit. <laughs> We're ready. That would be awesome. We're fucking ready. Well, that, that would be awesome. That'll be the cool thing because even if we do find it. That means that we just have more time to podcast. We ain't quitting this. Fuck yeah. No, we that's for sure. And I am for that sure is. getting that electric Audi car with the drone headlights. <laughs> He's already spending his, his share of it. It's already ready to go. <laughs> but our audio quality will be much better. Um, no, I, would, I wouldn't improve it. I would improve <laughs> everything stay, else stay and just true. leave the audio. Oh my god, that would be hilarious! Just have like state of the art next gen cameras and a whole a whole room, just a, a dedicated studio for all you guys, and then just have the exact same <laughs> microphones. Just staying true. It would well, be fucking fellas, hilarious. It would be the be. biggest troll ever. Actually, maybe even decline a little bit. Like, just use yeah, the phone. Yeah. Just like go straight mind. through the iPhone. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, just don't, don't even build a studio. Just you guys all live in different parts of the country, and you just phone each other. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm just in my, running, running one out of the you, trunk one of you, Yeah, one of you puts it on speaker, and that's how you record it. You yeah. don't even plug in anything. You just press speaker, and you just hold <laughs> something up to it and record it. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Like the, just winning, boys. We are fucking winning. Fantastic. Oh, and at that I'm, point, it wouldn't I'm even hoping. matter. It wouldn't no. even matter because you Fuck would no. have all the money you could ever b- 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 Billions, dog. Yeah. 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 That's it's, what it boils down to. Yeah. It's crazy, like, man. It, it's it's, it's funny. It's funny how the world works because not that <laughs> I'll get into the details, but uh, Steve and I were able to talk with someone about a possible treasure hunt. And he was pretty fucking excited about it. Way too excited. And uh, it was funny because I, I appreciate what you guys just said because he was like, man, if I find this shit, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm disappearing. And I dude, I looked at him with straight disgust. I looked at him and I'm like, you're banning your post motherfucker. <laughs> and he was like, no dude, I'm out of here. And I'm like, fuck that. You guys are terrible. Like you're just giving up. You're just abandoning your post like that. You can't do that shit. I'm like, I fucking like the weird too much. And he was like, Oh shit. I like the weird too much too. And I'm like, <laughs> All right, now we're talking. You can't, you can't just abandon your post, dog. Like, you can't do it. If you're rich as fuck, all like this is all 100 percent fun. Yeah, it's you gotta worry about nothing else. It gets to still, it gets to still be your hobby. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It never, it never evolves past a hobby. It just stays that (laughs) way. Stays a hobby. All yeah, and then it's always fun. You just get to be billionaires. Doing your hobby, you know? no yeah. more grinding, no more Nothing. grinding, no more pushing. Fuck like, a job, first yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> just sit back, kick it, and talk. That's it, dude. That is it. But here's I'm the thing. Here. Here's the thing, too, though. Like, if we find this stuff, if we find this, our tribe, like, everybody's gonna be good yeah we're 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 throwing ropes like like our buddy maverick like our buddy maverick said a couple weeks ago we're throwing ropes and we're bringing everybody up with us you motherfuckers are gonna pay for my tramp stamp aren't you yeah Yeah, yeah, absolutely absolutely and i'll pay for i'll throw another 100k to have my face right above it double down gigantic back piece i'm here for it i'm not gonna say i've done worse for money (laughs) But twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> twenty bucks <laughs> is twenty bucks. Oh, oh fuck, that's awesome, yeah, fellas. We are gonna have to wrap it up though, because as much as I say fuck a job, I have to go to my job Damn. early. Four o'clock is gonna be here before we know it. Oh man, yes sir. But yes thanks, sir. Thank you guys for hanging out again. It is always a blast getting Absolutely. to chill with you fellas same it's great if you want to uh pop your show again real quick before we head on out of here let everybody know where they can follow this fucking treasure hunt yeah first off we want to thank you guys uh big time for just hanging out with us again inviting us onto your show to hang out i mean i love you boys i love this time that we can sit down and chop it up i mean it's uh again like you find like-minded people and you just kind of you kind of click from the word go. It's just cool to sit down and and, and to be able to talk shop. Um, but yeah, you can check out AI Appalachian Intelligence anywhere, any podcatcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
you know, any of them, anywhere you want to download, anywhere you're, you listen to your podcast, uh, you can check us out on YouTube at Appalachian Intelligence. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything under there is Appalachian Intelligence. Instagram is at Appalachian Intelligence. Facebook is Appalachian Intelligence. Twitter is at AI at Intel Pod. Um, yeah, man, that's that's about it. Just show us a little love and uh, get rich or die trying. Get rich or die <laughs> trying. Yeah. That's what boy Fitty says. Fitty and Kyle. Great album. It's a great album. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Whoop. Pop your links in our show notes too. That way it'll be, be easy, easy peasy. Sweet. Appreciate it, brother. We it has been a wonderful time, fellas. So on that note, Hollow Cult, definitely go check out our brothers from some other southern mothers here. And hang out with them. Show them some love. Hillfolk, thanks for taking the Hollow Cult in with open arms. And until we meet again. Stay safe, stay weird, and go check out these boys from down south. Appalachian, 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 Appalachian. Whatever, man. Whatever.